Hi. Hi. If you like the podcast, uh, you can support us on Patreon. And if you do that, it's just a little bit of cash every month, a tiny bit. Almost, you won't even notice it, but what you will notice is suddenly you'll have access to our Slack and you'll be able to chat with us anytime you want and we'll feel like um, really socially obligated, really very obligated to respond to your comments. And um, so if this feels like a pub chat to you uh, where you can't actually reply, all you've got to do is show that you're with us with our Patreon sponsorship and we'll let you into our Slack. So that's patreon.com slash grandpodcast or just go to grandpodcast.com Have you got anything to promote about I have. I shall continue to invite you all to send your loved ones and treat yourselves to some food gifts from Sussex. <laughs> from Sussex How with love, restaurantsbrighton.co.uk forward slash food hyphen gifts hyphen Sussex. Wonderful. Um, I sold... Six apps. What? Change apps? Change. Yeah, six. Six change apps in May, which was a 50% improvement over April. So Positively exponential. Like at least a thousand hours of work into this project. <laughs> so come to goodtohear.co.uk slash free. Just like engage if you are remotely interested I would love to get you on board onto just thinking about my approach to improving my life and all that kind of thing. It really is effective and it's really useful to have a history of your, your, your emotions somewhere that even if you don't use it for another five years, you can look back and go, oh, Christ, that was happening. Um, and I think these are very interesting times to be tracking. So there, just please come and go to goodtohear.co.uk slash free. Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast, a weekly chat where we say the same thing every week. <laughs> I said that last week, you see, so it was sort of meta. Um, yeah, we, we're talking about all the, trying to get our heads around everything that's going on. My name's Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. Two white people trying to get our heads around everything that's going on, trying to check our privilege, all that. So this week we're going to talk about virtue signalling which is a subject that has come up in the wake of the protests and the, all the stuff that's going on around Black Lives Matter and uh, Blackout Tuesday and all those kinds of things. But just in a general case, like people accusing you of virtue signalling seems like a dishonest attack or unproductive. Maybe unproductive. But it comes up in other things as well. I think people... Um, I've tried to engage on Twitter with people about things like... Uh, having to turn up to a voting booth in the UK with an ID and somebody accused me of virtue signalling because I suggested that in a country where no cheap ID was available that was universal that this was just ex- you know would just exclude people oh stop virtue signalling oh be careful you're at a risk of virtue signalling what because I've had a thought about somebody who's not me uh, mm. that's the tricky thing I think with virtue signalling because it implies there's a dishonesty behind your your performing somehow. What did what was that blog post? Franka Perf- shared a post called um, "Performative allyship is deadly." Here's what to do instead: talk about fucking hyperbolic, like just criticizing people for only 
um, dedicating their, you know, their social media feeds for a day to, you know, something other than themselves. That's not enough. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to talk about all that stuff and we're going to sort of keep it relatively personal, I think, so that we can get more angry about it, probably. (laughs) So if that sounds good, stay tuned whatever tuned is when it's there's no tuning dial or anything like that it's not radio okay here's some music i made anyway how's it going ivanka I have had a very busy week uh, with a couple of frustrating bumps and some incredibly satisfying user research work talking to people campaigning on the subjects of mental health, climate change. I'm supposed to be talking to campaigners who are also doing infectious diseases, but I think they're all quite busy at the moment. Or I can't find them or I'm using the wrong words, something like that. But anyway, it's been very inspiring, a very inspiring week with a couple of right angry making moments. Mm. How are you, Michael? (laughs) You're keeping yours very short now. Um, I'm going to start shortening mine as well. Um, It was my birthday yesterday. We had a... Oh, um, yes. (laughs) We had a... We went into London. We we went into central London for a walk. So... um, we did like a five-hour round trip through Oxford Circus, Trafalgar Square, Houses of Parliament, back through Hyde Park, and it was um, it was interesting. It's just um, it's just interesting how normal the streets look when there aren't millions of people out. You just sort of. I was walking up to Oxford Circus along Oxford Street from Marble Arch, and we were. Just, I was just like, "Is this the one?" <laughs> like, is this Oxford Circus or is it the next one? Because I think so much of what you're seeing is this throng of people usually in the, pe- the you know, the musicians' street. Wow. There was just like not many. There was a few sort of, you know, tradesmen, construction worker types having their pret. There was a couple of prets open. There was We saw like two shops open, Zara Home on Regent Street and uh, Name and Shame and like one other. <laughs> I can't remember who, but... Um, um, yeah, we just that, and no. Um, we even thought, well, we we walked down Whitehall and we're sort of expecting to see, you know, some protesters around the Houses of Parliament. But there was one lone protester dressed as a badger at the end of Downing Street, who was protesting upset about badgers. So that was it. Like, so I guess, yeah, I guess they're like breaking up the gatherings more effectively as you get closer to the power. Um, so that was. Um, that was interesting. We, uh, I got a new bit of gear delivered just now that's going to... I feel like... Do you know, every time I go to my music equipment, I feel like I come back with a bill for hundreds of pounds. Like, oh, I just need this thing. Oh, it co- how much does that cost? Like, every time I even spend five minutes trying to make music, it's like, oh, God damn it. It's going to cost that much money. Um but I've got a thing that lets me record while I'm just doing the nice kind of playing. And I'm, I, I would quite like to, if I can produce some bits of music, I would, I'm, I'm thinking it might be quite nice to sort of play some stuff on here and uh, just play it to you in future, see how that goes. But I'm also going to use, I'm also going to do some stuff. I took a load of videos of the walk through London today, uh, yesterday. So my weekly update on Good To Hear is going to have some little um, Casey Neistat style interstitial 
footage with some music and like here's what here's his Regent Street things. I'm trying to kind of increase the vlogging production values on that. But yeah, that's me. I'm good. We had a really nice day yesterday, I have to say. Very good. Right, virtue signalling. Are we virtue signalling but... by just the very nature of making this podcast? To many, I'm Possibly. sure we are. Yeah, I think that's possible. That's one one thing I do wonder with this, that people listen to and go, ugh. <laughs> Well-intentioned, privileged white wankers <laughs> recording a podcast every week, thinking about how the world could be different. <sighs> I do get a bit of that. I, I just, dictionary.cambridge, uh, we're doing this. Um, I just Googled it because I wanted to see what... It says um, that... Is a popular modern habit of indicating that one has virtue merely by expressing disgust or favour for certain political ideas or cultural happenings, feeling morally superior. Like, it's like, well, whatever. Um, well, I don't, you know, I, I guess that with all of these things, there's this like, yeah, yeah, you say that, but you don't do it. Or you're ever so careful to not say racist things, but uh, you are... I don't know, you, you cross the street when you're on your own and you see a black person walking towards you. I mean, I was, I was, list, uh, I was listening to a list. So there's like the, the difference between what you say and how you act mm. in real life or you're interviewing two people that seem equally competent, but you hire the one um, that is white. In, yeah, you know, yeah. that, I don't, I, you know, there are, there are, there are words and actions and I get that. I get yeah. the sort of criticisms leveled at the political correct speech versus the politically correct acts. Mm. But I don't know how you start behaving better without first talking better or, or thinking better or saying or feeling outraged and disgusted <laughs> well it's, a dis it's, it's it's not a useful label because how are you ever going to tell the difference between someone trying to do better and trying to be more inclusive and virtue signaling there's no way without getting inside someone's brain of actually telling the difference like so whether no. it's honest or not like you can compare it with their actions and like if i'm virtue signaling that you you can say that because I've said this, but I've done that. Fine, it's a valid criticism. But if you yeah. just like yeah, yeah. use it whenever you see someone saying something or that that seems a bit too woke, um, yeah. where does that get anyone? It's it's not because you're not psychic. Yeah. You don't know why I'm saying this. You don't know my life. But yeah, that's what happens. I think yeah, I think it's uh, and I mean the word woke gets on my nerves as well. Mm. It's like well. What? So I've I've become more aware of stuff, and you know I I don't I, I really don't know how it's like it's going. Oh, you're nice. <laughs> it's like, I'm so I'm, I'm trying to be nice, or I'm trying to be kinder, or I'm trying to be more aware. Of course, I'm not. I was I had this interesting chat this week with somebody, um, and I will share the link to this. There's a um, a project someone was uh, telling me about their project which is to do with encouraging people to change their uh, climate change behavior mm. and he and he's laying it out that no matter how much you do you could always do more mm. so you know if you are 
already incredibly woke. <laughs> you can probably be more woke and there's more opportunities to learn. And if you're not at all, or like it, it, this was in the climate change context. So some people have already made a lot of changes. For some people, it's very difficult. But actually, whether you've made lots of changes or just a few, you can always tweak and do a little bit more. And if we all did a little bit more, there would be a sort of scale effect. Mm. And and I think, you know, that's a... I, I think you have to... Have, where do you start if the first time you put your head above the parapet, you're going to get told your virtues? Yeah, yeah. If you're going to feel like you're getting told off. Because, you know, I saw like a lot of as people were putting the Black Lives Matter hashtag on their on their um, Instagram feeds and putting the black square up. And then there was this little backlash of, oh, don't use the hashtag Black Lives Matter. You know, and I was like, oh, God, like, come on. (laughs) Uh, So you take it off and you. But as long as people listen to each other and go, okay, fine. But you do sort of feel like, why am I being told off for, you know, putting something, you know, trying to do something to help? Um. But yeah, it's fine. It's and, and that's different. And that's not the same as like being attacked for virtue signaling. That's just like ah, you're no. not doing it quite right. Yeah, people can say people can once you're out there, it's perfectly valid to sort of steer people that are doing it a bit wrong. Sure, um, yeah. but yeah. you got to sort of like you sort of, it would be nice to have a thank you attached to that. <laughs> well, well, I I don't even think it's I, don't, I you know I. Uh, the the thank you the uh, it's more like you you get a lot more done if you go you know that sounds good and now can you do this yeah yeah, yeah. it's much more you know it, it it's like uh, I to- and and one of the things I'm personally quite apprehensive about talking out which speaks you know saying something about black lives matter or even sometimes when I talk about climate change I've had mates of mine tease me because I put something on twitter they go oh have you avoided loads of plastic have you Mm. and I'm like I have actually Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like have you so it's not just I'm not just being like oh though I, I absolutely am being in part this sort of like white woman feeling uncomfortable because she doesn't know if she's allowed to say anything about Black Lives Matter. And if she doesn't, how does she say it and what does she do? Um, it won't necessarily stop me saying anything, but I, I, it, it's it's a funny conversation when you're like, I want to do a good thing, but I don't know if I'm allowed to do the good <laughs> yeah. thing or it's the right good thing. Or is, is it actually Should a good I stay thing? out of I it? I think or it's a good I... thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and I think ultimately, I think we can all agree that we don't want people to stay out of it. No, and and like the only way this changes is if you know you send that video of you know white people getting between police and black people, so the police couldn't just like yeah. batter the black people, and it's like that 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 was really you know that's we're, we're sort of trying and to do I, that more yeah. online, but it's obviously anything you do online is not really going to have that effect. But like if we can yeah start thinking like that, that's much better. But I think also like if that you know coming to the plastic thing, it's like all those people that kind of criticize you for doing something different or being obsessed with something that they think is not that important, yeah, or that they you know the more people are talking about it, then they'll jump on before too long. They'll be like, "Oh, I'm offended by a plastic straw if you give it to me in my my cocktail like before too long, and it's just like being an early adopter, being a someone that's a, a, not afraid to stick their head out stick there is that right and go look i'm doing this and you're sort of hoping to find other people that are also doing that and hopefully like if enough people are like oh okay that's normal is it now okay cool well now now we'll all do this but you can't have change positive change unless some people are willing to 
stick their, you know, stick their heads out, stick their necks yeah. out. That's the word I want, isn't it? Necks, heads, whatever. <laughs> um, I think, I think that, and you know, I, like reading uh, about. Uh, I read that uh, why I've stopped talking to white people about um, race a couple of years ago, mm. and I remember. You know, re- being totally gobsy. It was all new to me. Or, mm. yeah, it was. A, it so much of it was like really eighties. Oh my, you know, uh, 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 it was like never ending because I have never had to look. I've never been forced, invited to, taken the time to all those words mm. to look at the world through the lens of a black person in that way. Mm. Um, the 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 uh, I've mentioned. I've talked before about the way the conversation about equality and race was handled in my childhood. So I've never considered, you know, that the all humans are humans thing was, was um, very much in my upbringing. Mm. Um, but was it discussed with me that, uh, you know, like systematic and institutional racism, was that discussed with me in those terms? I don't know. Was I taught about it in school? Not, definitely not. Mm. Uh, I've had conversations about how recent the history is of of the abolition of slavery or mm. you know the end of apartheid in South Africa because mm. that my grandpa used to collect money for the ANC all these kind mm. of things so it was there but I was still gobsmacked about when I read why I'm stopped talking to white women white people about race you know mm. it's like but just because it's new information to me and I'm outraged for the first time I don't think, I don't feel that I should, I mean, pity me. <laughs> it's like, sorry, I'm, I, it's just it's a bit hard. But then I don't know if I have enough sympathy to other people when I'm talking to them about, I don't know, something to do with climate change or socialism. And they go, I don't know. I, don't know. I just find it, I've had, I find, find it a bit conflicting this week, mm. uh, to be honest with you, because, but, yeah. yeah. What we have seen, what we are realising is that we can't... It's not enough just to not be racist anymore. And I think yes, that's what's yes, getting yes, there. Yes, and yeah. like, do you know, yeah, I, was, yeah, I, yeah. I wrote my, um, like, why I am this way blog post <laughs> like for my yeah. for my website this week. And something I just, it just reminded me of was, like, one reason I'm not racist. Um, no, it's like, I, I when I was, um, when I was six and it was after my mother had, died and my dad was having to drive in from Luton into London every like at six so we had to go basically he dropped us off at this neighbor's house every morning at 6 a.m so he could drive to work and work and it was this uh, it was this Pakistani family that were just like you know they they were helping out I think they may have been yeah. like Catholic still but like um it was um that, you know, so I, I, you know, when I was six, I was, you know, being looked after by people that were completely different and alien to my experience. And it was just that that was then just normal to me. And then, you know, my school was diverse as well. And it's like, how am I ever going to be like racist <laughs> about people when like, how, how could yeah. I like? But yeah, of course, we still have our kind of inside, you know. So I started my school my life in Birmingham which is another very diverse city and I had I'm not actually sure how how mixed my classmates were Mm. but I do know that my father insisted that I had everybody in the class to my party 
to my birthday party, mm. including the daughter of the uh, Pakistani corner shop owner mm. who nobody really liked. Yeah. And everybody said she, you know, there, there, I mean, it wasn't a nice, you know, there was, a, a, I don't know, six year olds, people were yeah. um, still already looking for differences and yeah. talking about people smelling funny and their different food and curry. My dad was like, no, we're having everybody. And he went yeah. and spoke to her parents and she mine was the only birthday party she came to because mm. my dad made sure that I treated everybody the same. Mm. And um, I, I think that, but I don't think it's in, I don't think that makes you not racist. Yeah, also, I think we just did it. I think I just felt like I did some textbook virtue signaling there. So uh, let's just, why? <laughs> I know, it was just like, why, why did I say did that? You... Why was that important to say? I don't know. Like, what that you got that you got looked after by a Pakistani family? Yeah, like why is, why is that important? I don't know. But <laughs> some of my best friends are. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> dot, what, dot, wait, dot. it's I, not really. Look, it's not really. You know, I, I've, but, I'm sort of regretting it in a way, but I f- it. But why? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I think no, we, no we real kind s- of value really came out of it. I don't think because <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah, like it. I don't know. In all our uh, potentially risky virtue signalling and just trying to explain how we're not bad people, uh, mm. which, you know, I think is a, a natural reaction to this conversation. Um, mm. Going back to the point you did make was that it's not enough to be re- not racist. You have to be anti-racist. That's one thing that's yeah, very yeah. clearly. And then I, got, I did have a moment this week where I was like, how come all the other ists are bad except feminist. <laughs> Which is like, feminist is sort of pro-equality. Anti-fascists are bad. Yeah, but then you're like... Anti-fascists are yeah, good. Yeah, but fascists are bad. Fascist is bad. The, and then anti- anti-fascist is yeah, good. Yeah, racist, bad. Anti-racist, good. Feminist, good. <laughs> anti-feminist, That's bad. That's why they take off the ist bit. Oh my god! Anyway, that's an unnecessary um, diversion, uh, but yes, it is, and also it ruins my uh, segue into a uh, corporate. Because I think we we talk we're talking about like I think it's usually if it's on a personal level, this concept of virtue signaling is a pretty like spurious criticism. Yeah. But what about corporate virtue signaling, which is usually a lot more kind of, like those green well those the, the sort of shell branding the yeah. bp branding where it's all like rainbows and f- sunshine and like clean energy and then you just look over there and they're like they're destroying the world the yeah. everything or yeah. you know i think yes i think that is the bit that's um particularly dodgy and i think a company can very it, it's when it has no backup i i read a thread on twitter uh, which I'm sure I can find again for the purposes of the of the show notes uh, yesterday, and it was a black woman who runs a PR networking organization meetup thing for 
um, just black people working in PR because she's like, you know, I'm in a company of 200 people. I'll be one of the two black people that work here. And then, um, but, and then she spoke, she then spoke out and laid out exactly. And I've seen quite a few to corporate entities from individuals who have been, you know, three or four years ago, like Laurel dropped a, a black model from a campaign because she spoke mm. out about racism. And then they mm. had Blackout Tuesday, you know, solidarity, blah, blah. Mm. And it's like, that's not enough. So, for example, speaking on a micro level, you know, Restaurants Brighton, which is a tiny little company. Well, it's a tiny little uh, project um, of four people, mostly. We did Blackout Tuesday on our Instagram and uh, we, we we had a chat about it. How did we feel about it? What sort of impact might that have? Uh, how or you know how genuine would it be of us to do it? And uh, you know like how do we? Uh, what what impact might it have? What do we do? Because we've never done anything political really. We're sort of quietly political. Um, what do we do about? Uh, you know, what impact might it have? What will our clients, former, past, future think of us? Um, so we've, we did do it uh, because we all wanted to. And uh, Ellie, our apprentice, was very, you know, she was like, yeah, and I've got links to a thing where people can see what to do. And I think, so we included a link to a collection of actions you could take, things you could donate to, petitions you could sign. But then... On Tuesday, we're going to have a meeting, the, the three of us, to talk about what, okay, what what else do we need to do? How can we look at ourselves, um, three white people uh, working together regularly on a, on a, as part of a company? Um, how, what can we do and what should we be doing to make sure our product lives anti-racism mm-hmm. more and we don't know the answer. We're collecting things, but we're going to try and follow it up with something more than a black square on our Instagram feed. And now mm. I, you know, and then because one of the words that came up when we were having our meeting of we should, we shouldn't, we was one of the three of us going, I just, I'm worried that I'm just virtue signaling and I don't even know, you know, like I'm overthinking this far too much. Mm. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's one of the things we we've decided to do. Well, the risk, the risk of the, the reason that like it's the, what you do if you're sign, if you are putting something out there like that is you're saying these are my values now, yeah. and then it becomes fair to criticise you for areas where you have not lived up to those yeah. expressed values. Um, so it's just putting something out there. It's not just a matter of oh, we're going to do this today. It's like okay, are we prepared to now? Uh, is our house in order? Yeah. Like you kind of need to be able to look at that. And um, the, a cynical corporation would be like, well, I think, that, you know, it's going to be a lot cheaper to just do a marketing blitz and yeah. make everyone think that we're green than it is to actually... Be green. And then just sort of like... Easy for corporations to ignore criticism when... I don't know, like depending on who you are, like who your direct customers are, it's like going to be easy to sort of duck the criticisms that are then thrown at you because you've said this one thing and you're you know you're not doing it the, 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 the accusations of hypocrisy will come and depending on how important those are to you sets how hard it is a decision to put that little thing out there where you start trying to show that that's something that you care about but um, yeah but i think there's a difference between whether you're doing it because 
you know, that's what everyone's doing and we should do it? Or are we doing it because we want to do it? Maybe that's subtle and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it's like, you know, the, 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 in our case, three people sit down and have a chat going, I, I, can't, I can't not do it, I can't feel. It would be totally wrong yeah, to put out a post about afternoon tea. <laughs> yeah, and at some point does it becomes more political not to do it than to do it. Like, at some point, like, at what point are you actually saying, uh, you know, is your silence now part of the problem if you do, don't do jump, you know, get involved with something like that that does have that kind of huge adoption? There is a fear of being part of the problem, mm. I suppose, as well. It's not all just like, I want to put something out there. It's like, well, I do... I, uh, well, yeah, I, I don't mean, want anyone to think that I, you know but you think because I saw because yeah. I didn't I, I put it on our podcast but I didn't put it on my personal and then like as the day went on I was like should I put this on yeah, my personal yeah, yeah. as well because all my Instagram was kind of people doing it I was like well no look, I've done it because I felt it, I, I what what the way I came to the Blackout Tuesday was via the music industry thing and the radios and I thought well we're I mean today happens to be the day that I would usually put out the podcast so I can do that sort of radio thing and say, okay, no, there's no show. You've got to stop and think about this stuff and we'll put a couple of links in. Um, and that that's that. And it felt like a sort of broadcasting thing, but I didn't really see that it was that relevant for me to do on my personal one. Um, but because I was coming at it from that sort of broadcaster mentality. Um, and then as the day got went on, I was like, if I do it now, I kind of feel like I'm just, no, like that's, that's you know it's fine like I put it out there and I've got way more we've got way more followers on the grand podcasting than we yeah. have on my personal one anyway like my Instagram isn't some big no. channel mine's closed just it's just my friends my 700 no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's much smaller and private yeah yeah it's mm. it's uh it's uh, I I was very happy when you said on Tuesday shall we I'm thinking about doing this because I, I was trying to think what we could do or should do. So mm. it was, uh, but but I think it's all now what we do about it. It's the same with the outrage over Trump getting elected. It's the outrage over the state of the climate. It's the outrage over the um, uh, the Brexit. It's the outrage. Over, it's not, it's not, you know, it's like there are, it, it's, it's outrage is a good place to start. Mm. Now what? And, yeah. and and as always, it's just tiring. That thought is tiring. Yeah. <laughs> I just think like you got to start somewhere, and sometimes signalling is the place that you start, and um. And I've just been, I've been having a thought about, like, yes, corporations might be cynical about by putting out stuff that they're pretty hypocritical about when it comes to putting their money where their mouth is. Um, But in the same way that for a person sort of putting something out there turns into a commitment within yourself and like you're opening yourselves yourself to have to kind of move in that direction now uh, to not be a hypocrite. I think like, a company having, you know, exposing, uh, you know, expressing a value that is supposedly one of their company's values, then the people within that company are going to be looking at that going, well, okay, this is not, this doesn't seem right. And you sort of hope that the sort of internal culture of a company in the same way that your internal personal behaviour 
corporate behavior you would hope would start moving in the right direction even if for now it's like really far yeah. from what they're saying that it's when they're just saying they're doing something that they're not yeah. that's just gross yeah. but when you're sort of putting something out there and you know that you're a long way from actually achieving that that it, it, at least it's the first step, isn't it? You say, okay, we're well, committed to this. So yeah, yeah. Now, now we're we going to do it. it. Yeah, and and I think I work with another company who uh, are put out a statement because they know they've got a diversity problem. So it's like you know we are looking to to sort it out, but we're not. We mm. know it's not sorted. It's not okay. We know we we do not um, have a good. They've got a good male female balance, but everyone's predominantly white. And, you know, mm. for whatever, and it, it, sometimes there is a for whatever reason, but putting, putting that to one side, there's something like within a, a sustainability world, there's this B Corp certificate that you can have. I'm sure we've mentioned it, mm. which is like as a company, you work towards this B Corp certification, which is, you know, about how you pay people and how you heat your offices and how you dispose of your rubbish. And it's got like levels, but, mm. you know, like, a great statement would be to be, you know, add diversity to that B Corp. I mean, maybe it's in there, I don't know. But it's like, you know, making a statement of aim and then working towards it, but actually saying how you're going to work towards it is an important part. You've got to, you've got mm. to start with, no, it's not good enough. We need to do better, I think. I think, and the bigger you are, the easier it is to pretend. Yeah, I guess it's just the bigger you are, the more... PI you can afford and the more yeah, you can yeah. spin stuff and the more harder it is for anyone to actually get to you directly because you've got your sort of you know glass tower of <laughs> like fortress that no one can get into without an ID and a you know it's, it's yeah, yeah. You, you start to be able to isolate your culture from the rest of the world in a way that you know smaller businesses can't so yeah yeah I'm just trying to figure out the m- mechanisms by which they're sort of protected I think um, also they've got lawyers. Yeah. Well, the, the the this woman on Twitter with her thread. I'm sorry that I remembered her name, but I will definitely find the actual Twitter thread. She talked about being part of a Facebook group that she, um, you know, when that actor Liam Neeson, when he uh, told that story about walking around for a week when he was younger looking for a black person to murder as revenge, as that. Do you remember that mm. activity? And yeah. she said that the chat in the Facebook group that she was on, which was PR people's like, oh my God, how is his PR people going to be dealing with this problem (sighs) rather than being like, that was the predominant emphasis of the conversation Mm. rather than the, hang on a minute. Content. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So, so it's, so I think that to me sort of is a bit of like what makes PR icky because it, Mm. it is designed to, try and get the best you know spin a positive thing on a on a story yeah. so and that's i mean if that's your job is to spin shit, then that's how you're going to think about everything so yeah. um yeah but um um yeah. should we just like quickly go should we just have a quick look at this performative allyship thing just as a just to, for the last few minutes yes I just, I just, I'm, I'm just like scrolling down this performative allyship is deadly post, and it says on social media, what is, how do you spot it? The post is usually simple, a few words, an image, or whatever the going hashtag is in the aesthetic of their personal brand. Of course, performative allyship refuses to engage with the complexity below the surface or say anything new. You're asking people that don't know much about something potentially to try and say something new about it. That doesn't seem. Particularly feasible to me, like if someone's trying to say, look, I'm supporting something by following this 
meme, they're not going to say something f***ing new about it. So that's already annoyed me. I, no? Yeah, well, yeah, I think it's... Uh, div- I mean, I sit there, I read things, and I'm, you know, sat, or I watch a video of something, and I am, you know, literally moved to tears. To, to then, then I have a choice of not saying anything, not sharing... A simple retweet doesn't always seem like enough. Um, mm. It can take a long time to craft... Or, or to put into words what you're really thinking. Uh, but this, mm. but it's like, you know, you kind of want to go, have you seen this? <laughs> you know, this is, mm. this is a bad thing. This is a, and, and I, yeah. I completely understand the, um, uh, you know, I, but I don't, I don't know how you can move if you're not first outraged. Yeah. And then that's the second thing here. It almost, almost, it almost always expresses itself as outrage, disbelief, or anger at the injustice. And then it, this person goes on to say, "You're out, but your outrage isn't useful. If anything, it's a marker of your privilege that to you, racism is still surprising. Trust me when I say that this is an everyday reality for people, you know. And it's like, so you're sort of like criticising someone for finally realising your, finally seeing what you're dealing with. Yeah. And it's like, Okay, yeah, maybe it's not useful, but surely it's progress. Surely that's something that, like, surely that can be fuel for something. Why does it? Why? Why would you dismiss that straight away? Well, if, and of course, it's a marker of privilege. I, I never noticed. Yeah. Oh, you know, I mean, like, you need the people with privilege on your team. So this is how they get there. Like, um, yeah, I, th- I, 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 I think that. It refuses to acknowledge any personal responsibility for the systemic issues that provided the context for the relevant tragedy. Instead, it looks for a villain, a crooked police officer, a heartless conservative. It says, separates you good from them bad. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I'm sure that is a good criticism. I, I don't know how pervasive that is, but fine. I take that one. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to think of like, you know, earlier you mentioned that video uh, that I shared with you of the two white people. In fact, one of them, I think, was Asian. But anyway, they were not not black people circling that black guy to protect him from the police. And the video quite sort of shows that the police don't come anywhere near him or can't get to him because of this sort of barrier that they've created and you know you got to uh, the thing i watch it and the thing i think about is if in in the real world in that room what would i you know would i stand would i use my physical presence of my whiteness to protect somebody that's the you know i don't know the answer Um, i I don't like seeing that done like makes me think right okay if that ever happens that's that's my job that's what i've got to do yeah like i hadn't you know i didn't realize but you know they're not coming for because you know like sometimes you know i used to you know i used to smoke weed and be walking the streets and worried about the police coming and like challenging me and you know all that kind of thing but now i realize that i was never really no. who they were going to go after no and actually probably I, I would be more useful instead of worrying about myself and being paranoid about myself like sort of get involved if you see them bullying and you know profiling people but, that yeah don't and, it. and i think sometimes i think what what i have done in the past is sort of been witness you know stood there and gone you know i am watching i'm, I'm watching you so i don't know which way you're going to take this I'm just thank God, really, that I've not often been in a situation where 
I've had the opportunity, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, like I haven't had to prove it yet so I can just pretend that I'd be a good person. <laughs> but mm. but in a world of like yeah. men attacking women, I have stood by and, I, you know, done the you're right, love, and called the police. But then I don't know. If, you know, I mean, I don't know. The fact is we're, we're putting ourselves out here saying that these are our values. And now, you know, we've had it with, you know, taking people up when they're a bit casual about something like, engaging even though we don't feel like it and we've both sort of found ourselves being forced to do that like having to do that even though we don't feel like it just because we've said talked about it on here on this podcast and said well this is yeah this is what needs to be done oh god like (laughs) don't want to but i've got to um there's but i just i do think like We've been sort of sitting at our window watching what's going on on the street and there was some there's been like as the sun's been out there's been a lot of like the community that our neighbors that like that sort of younger black men behaving in ways that are quite intimidating and like especially if you didn't know the slang and I, I sort of feel like I knew it I saw this thing happening where this one guy was being a bit of a dick about his car and sort of bullying this other guy and like putting his coat on the ground what are you put my coat on the ground for and he's like what would you call my car like a storage unit and all this kind of stuff going on like right under our window and and then someone else sort of comes through a bit later and goes, what, do you want me to dash your face? I'll dash your face. I'll dash your face. I'll dash your face. I'll dash your face. You want me to dash your, you know, like really like aggressively coming at this guy. And it's like, it's not something you ever want to kind of get in the middle of at all. And it's, and like actually kind of having seen it play out, it was basically that this guy was like, stop being a bully to this other person. But in this hyper toxic hyper aggressive way and then this you know the guy that's being kind of he's like oh what i'll dash your face i'll don't and he's like no you're not you're not gonna and grit and like it was flipping intense and it's like you can't slot yourself in there if you don't know anything if you don't even understand what's happening if it just looks like raw aggression and it's like i'm like okay i sort of understand why it is like that um, on the one hand, having seen it, having observed it, it was like, I'm not, you, this is not a calling the police situation. This is just like a hyper amplified yeah. stop being a conversation. <laughs> um, and I don't think the police have any, would understand it or have anything to do to with add. it. And I think if the police did come down, I would have like been like, no, he's, I would have, ex- I would have translated it and said, look, I was watching and this guy was, you know, and this Let's guy was pissed off that is you know the younger one was being bullied and like this guy was being a dick it wasn't like they weren't gonna stab each other they weren't gonna shoot each other it was just like it was just it was performative and and i don't know if i you know yeah maybe that would because they have the police have been turning up for other things it's terrifying Especially if you don't know what, if you don't understand it. But that's, I think that's true of that, that especially if you don't understand it is the bit I think that's key. Yeah. I mean, you've reminded me of a story and I know we're like up to, up to some minutes, but, but yeah. like I was on a train once. I'm, I don't know if I've told you this story coming back from London on a slightly later train, but not a nighttime train. So I caught, I was sort of catching, yeah. it was a Friday evening, catching the teenagers coming into Brighton for the evening. And mm. there were some young lads having tins of beer and chatting. And there was a, a pretty gobby white woman 
sort of they were behind me in the compartment like being all like we're going for drink but they were just like you say jostling amongst themselves and jostling is probably the wrong word Mm. for what you've done but they were just (laughs) some lads being noisy and yeah it wasn't brilliant behavior but they weren't they were like 16 Mm. 17 being a bit twatty and they and Mm. she started shouting at them across the carriage across me about doing something Mm. because of the way she was talking to them I moved so that I was no longer between them and her because I was like Mm. I don't know how this is going to play out but they uh, she said something they she said something loud and provocative some other bloke got involved. They made it into this big hoo-ha. She ended up calling the police off the train. And frankly, I think if they had not been so rude to the lads, none of it would, mm-hmm. it would never have escalated. It was mm-hmm. like, it was unnecessary. And I actually went, I phoned the police because the police were called and these lads all scarpered, but I caught, saw one of them getting caught. So I went to the police, often my name as a witness, to say there was nothing... Mm inappropriate going on here it was just Mm. uh you know a person with privilege in this context a white woman will be believed over a bunch of teenage lads Mm. and I was like it would be a terrible shame for one of these lads to end up with some sort of a record just because there was that because it was an it was an evenly provoked situation where they were being a teenager and yeah they they, you know have a quiet word Mm. tell them to watch it but it's nothing, you know. So, so I think that that whole, be you know, the the not understanding or or that every situation has two different readings. If you check it and try and think of it in institutional terms, instead of just this person is personally responsible for all their behaviour and like the the ways that they're kind of you know living their lives. If you stop, if you start looking like around at the bigger picture and at the institutions and the all that whatever it is um you know the way the wire encourages us to do because <laughs> obviously we couldn't have this conversation without mentioning the wire um it sort of makes you kind of like uh, just don't just immediately jump to that conservative thing of well you're making me feel uncomfortable therefore you're doing something bad and you shouldn't do that yeah, ever yeah. and there is no reason that you would like if you're at least like trying to look at it in a slightly um, more informed way or a slightly more conscious of the breadth of experience people have. My, my, my daughter, one story that you can leave in or not, in the park and, a, and a, a, a big boy drops some rubbish on the floor. So my daughter goes up to him and goes, you can't dro- drop rubbish on the floor, it's bad for the fish. And he goes, well, you pick it up then. And I said, well, what do you do? I picked it up and put it in the bin. <laughs> it's like, you know, you can escalate and you can have a fight or you can just f***ing sort it out. You know, you know, it's like, a, um, so, you know, sometimes the, the clarity of being five is quite useful. And when we, if we're aware we've got some privilege, then if we do overstep the line or we do show that we've, we've jumped to an incorrect conclusion, someone can call us out on that and we can apologise yeah. and de-escalate. And, I've, you know, I've done that with a white man. But, I but, but you know, I think that's why yeah. I went to the police is because I'm another white yeah. woman commuter yeah, yeah, exactly. and it's like okay now yeah. you've got one white mo- woman against another white woman in case so- instead of yeah. a white woman against three yeah. rowdy teenagers it's like well you know I yeah, didn't yeah. see it how she did now what are you going to do mm. um, and, I, yeah, and yeah. I think that's where you've got to use your privilege to go yeah 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 you know so that's that that's solved now no it's not it's depressing but anyway let's see what we've <laughs> sorted out next week <laughs> <laughs>
I think in any case, let's let's. I think we've uh, concluded that we're we we are definitely going to be more than not racist. We're gonna do. Find, we're gonna we're gonna yeah, up our something. game and try and be yeah. anti-racist. And I think it all comes up to those moments where you're tested. It's like which way do you go when suddenly you're faced with something where it would be easier to just step back and get out of the way. Maybe next time get in the way. All right, thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, go to grandpodcast.com. Are you subscribed? Because if not, so you can do that there or you can do it in the app you're listening to. Where can people find you on the internet, Ivanka? People can find me at Ivanka on Twitter. Good handle. You can find me at Michael Forrest on Twitter. And all the music on this is mine, michaelforrestmusic.com. And that's it. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.